on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. Why do you push now? Like, why did you buy the building? Why did you, why, why are you thinking five years ahead? Why are you trying to go to Canada when you could just stay in the United States? Like, you've already gotten success, Steve. What, what, what keeps you pushing, man? Oh, man. I've, I've actually felt that quite so many times. <laughs> you are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf coming to you this week. We got Steve Enns on the king stage. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well, man. It's just funny. I love, I love bringing into conversation what we were talking about before, because we have so much good conversation on this show before the show starts. And, and so for the listener here real quick, we were just talking about market trends and, and fear and all this uncertainty. So this is going to be an incredible show. But Steve, tell us what kind of business you have? What brings you to the King stage? Yeah. So thanks for having me first off. Yeah, uh, man. I love the conversation beforehand. So I'm glad that we're going to be able to dive a little bit deeper in there because it's super relevant. And I think it's important, especially for listeners to, to be able to to distinguish news from noise, right? There's a lot of noise going on out there right now. And so we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that, but a little bit about me. So I'm, I'm from Vancouver, Canada. I've been here for the last 15 years. Just, we're in a brand new office, the 7,200 square foot office facility. We have about a quarter of it filled, but we're reason for it getting here is because we, we got, we always think bigger, right? We, yeah. we think not now, but we think where we're going to be in five years. Love it. So we just moved into this office, but a little makeshift here right now. So I, I apologize for that, but that's all right. I'm not exactly how I envision having, having a podcast, but <laughs> yeah. So look, I'm, we, we operate, we own and operate a virtual wholesale company. That's how we started in the, in this industry. My best friend and I, we, Josh Alter, we, we decided to start this company about seven years ago. We're, we have kids that are about the same age and we're having a pancake breakfast. And we're talking legacy and doing more and, and all this stuff. And so, long story short, we went to a seminar, a weekend seminar, and, and the concept of wholesaling came up. It was something that we'd never heard of. It was a fortune builder seminar, actually. And it, the concept of wholesaling came up and we're like, whoa, what, what is it? And we hadn't heard anything of that before. And certainly we, we were unaware of it in Canada. Sure. So we went to it. And after, after that, we decided not to sign up for them because you couldn't afford it at the time. It was expensive and yeah. given life circumstances and things like that, just, you didn't have the money available, but we decided to pursue it. And so we thought after and, and tried finding people that were doing this, that, that were, it was cheaper and, and we gained that experience and we did. We started our business back in February of 2016. Shortly thereafter, I quit my job. We'd only done one deal at the time. Okay. And I'm like, all right, this is it. We, we got $12,000 on a deal. <laughs> and so I quit my job. I, I told my, my girlfriend at the time, now fiance, I said, I'm quitting my job. Yeah. I had no savings in place. I had mortgage. I, ha I have kids. Wow. 
Yeah. And I was like, all right, you got to do that. And she just, she just said to me, she's like, yeah, go for it. Go big or go home. Right. She's That's like, awesome. I don't care. I don't care if you, if we live in a, 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 on the street, right. And yeah. a cardboard box, but you got to go for it. So yeah, put my drawing. Then about eight months later after that jaw with his job. And then we accelerated. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get into some of this, but fast forward to where we are now, we have a team in place. We're, we're nationwide. In fact, we're, we're scaling into North America. Wow. We're looking to do some business in Canada here as well. And yeah, just the full-fledged operation. I love it, man. I love just coming to the table from, from nothing, but just a few years ago to, to having, a, like you said, a team and being able to scale nationwide even and, and even multinational, international. And so I love it. We're going to definitely get into it. Before we get into a little bit more of your story, because man, I mean, what you just said as far as your first deal and then you quit your job, there's some, there's some, there's some other, some weight there. We got to get to that, but why do you push now? Like, why did you buy the building? Why did you, why, why are you thinking five years ahead? Why are you trying to go to Canada when you could just stay in the United States? Like you've already gotten success, Steve. What, what, what keeps you pushing, man? Oh man. I've, I've actually felt that quite so many times. <laughs> I don't have a straight answer for you other than there's something just inside me that, that knows, like, I'm not, I'm not at my max potential. I have not. Yeah. So there's so much more that I want to do and like visions and dreams that I have aspirations personally that I have that I, I'm, I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied right. with where I'm at. And so it's not, it's not financial as much. I mean, obviously there's an element of, of sure. money there, but it's this inner drive, this inner knowing that there's, there's more to this this big picture that I'm in yeah. that I haven't tapped into that, that just like, I, I don't know. I, yeah. Again, it is a game. It is a game. And I, I feel like every time I put myself into situations that scare me, like moving into an office space that is way bigger than what we need right now. Yep. Forces me to think differently. It forces me to take different actions, different behaviors. It forces me to think bigger. Yep. And financial fear is always there. Things can change very quickly as we're seeing right now. But when you put yourself in a, a situation where really there's only two toy business, either you fail or, or you succeed. Right. I, I've, I've always just been able to succeed. So I, I wish I had a clearer answer for you as to why I, I do this. Uh, I don't, I, yeah, the truth of it is, I don't know other than it's just something inside of me that just. Yeah. Yeah. It was pushing, it's pushing you, obviously. And I think that every entrepreneur relates to that to a degree. I think, like you said, it starts off practically, right? Like first off, it was, <laughs> I just quit my job, need to take care of basics. And so that pushed you for a while. And then I'm sure it turned into other things, but that innate ability inside of you or the recognition of that feeling of more or the game to be played. Yeah. I mean, Money, money is there. It's kind of how you keep score, I guess, maybe in the game a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's about moves, right? And and what are the next ten to fifteen moves, really? Because that's that's what the game is about. So let's let's you kind of you kind of gave a little bit of an indicator there, kind of how you got started. But is this the first business that you've that you've launched? Are you are you a business owner before that? Give us a little bit of background as far as business in general. Yeah, so they this is the first business that we've launched that I launched. Before this, I was, I was doing recruiting okay. uh, for a major company that's global, had a lot of success there, wasn't happy, started kind of losing the momentum and the fire behind that. 
left the company and, and started another business or not started another business, went to another company and, and it was new. It was not sure. just a fresh startup. Sort of yep. startup. And loved that. Loved the, they had very, in terms of systems and procedures, there, there, were, there wasn't much in play. Right. So I got to see a little bit about that and how, how you start up a company, which I loved. And we ended up over the last, like over that probably six or seven years, ended up doing very well. At the time I quit my job, like earning sure. well over six figures and, and yeah. really comfortable. But the reality sunk in some stage in, in that time that I was on a ship. I had ideas and right. things I wanted to do, but I, I was not the captain of that ship. Right. And, and so that, that was one thing that, that kind of initiated the change. And then the other thing that, that happened is I'm driving to work one morning and for some reason, like this image of ants marching to a hill <laughs> kind of just came in as I'm driving to work and I'm like, oh my God, all these cars are following each other one by one by one. And they're all going into downtown Vancouver. Right. And it's just like, it's just, to me, it was just a visualization or this image of, yeah. of ants all kind of following the same, same stream to, to do the same thing that yep. worked for someone else. To safety. Exactly. And so that, that moment was like, okay, this has got to change. My son at the time was two and I was having trouble. I couldn't, I couldn't pick him up from, from daycare. Yeah. And that, that really, that was hard. I did it anyway, but my paycheck. My salary was compromised because of that. I, I had to go on a different comp structure. So there was a number of different factors. And I realized that like, like I was just not in control of my life. Someone else was controlling it. And, and, that, and that's when things needed to change. Love the history there, man. I think every entrepreneur can relate to that. And the thing I, I think I can pull out that was so like visual, obviously you gave us the, the visualization of the ants, but there's something inside of an entrepreneur that's non-conformist. Right. Even, even though like someone like myself on a, on a culture index profile, I'm, I'm, I'm a conformist, meaning I like order and I like accuracy and, and detail, but I'll tell you what, if, if everybody's lining up, going the one, the, the same place, my first initial question is maybe I should be going the other way. Yeah. 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 I love no, that. man, that's, that's so true too. And I like structure, I like routine. I like there's certain things in my day that, that are very tactical, very right. operational, even yep. from like the, the moment I wake up in the morning, there are certain things that I do every single day. And, and both things, both things are routines and things like that. Yep. But then the non-conformist in me is, is everything that you just, just explained. And, and what I was reminded of when you said that was going back to this entrepreneurial journey. The first time that I realized something was different was actually in the third grade. And, uh, and there was a project, right? And the project was create your own backyard. And it, mm, I think it was a picture. It was a picture that you drew. And all the, all the kids were, were drawing pictures of their backyard with maybe a few things like a playground and stuff like that. Right. And being from Canada and playing hockey, hockey was huge. Yeah. My backyard looked a little different. My backyard had like a full fledged, like hockey arena in there. That's movie theaters and McDonald's at the time and yeah. uh, hockey arena and water slides and like the huge thing. And love it. And I remember people coming teachers and like my teacher at the time being like, well, that's nice, but like, you're supposed to draw your backyard. And did. I did, I did. And, and so for me, it was like that moment, just like I, I had trouble with school yeah. because I was always asking questions. I didn't really understand why finite math 
was something that I needed to, to, to learn because for me, I have, I have, I'll hire people that can do the stuff that I can't do. Yeah. But yeah, from a very early age, I've always questioned everything, which yeah. probably bothered and pissed my parents off a bit, but I'm sure, <laughs> but yeah, but, it's, but it's who you are, right? Exactly. Exactly. I think it's funny. The listener obviously doesn't, doesn't get to see the behind the scenes, but just let you guys in for a half second. We take our guests through a little bit of a process to make sure that they're vetted and they've got good, good information before we get them on here for you guys. But Steve jumped on here with me just a little bit ago. And before I could hit record, he was like, whoa, 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 I got questions for you. <laughs> Which is great because it's exactly what you just described. And I, and I appreciate it. I love it um, for us to be able to kind of go back and forth and disrupt the thing. I think that there's, there's an angle of disruption that causes something to become better. And then there's obviously the destruction piece of disruption. And I think that if guys like you and I, who are clearly disruptors, if we can keep that in mind that I'm, I'm building something productive or I'm building something to make this process better, or I'm inventing something brand new that yes, it disrupts the way people think, but it changes lifestyles for yeah. hundreds of people or millions of people or whatever, that, that's, that's what entrepreneurialism is about. It's about creating, building, right? Absolutely. As you're talking right now, I'm, I'm thinking back to a question that you had earlier about why, why do I do what I do or what keeps me going? What keeps me wanting yeah. more? And, and that, that's a huge part of it is I, I want to, especially in the real estate space. So like we've evolved, we're not just doing full sales and we're buying multifamily where we're looking at different sort of creative structure deals, rental portfolios, those sorts of things. So we're, yep. we, we've, we've expanded from, from what we, what we originally started. The end game's always been passive income. Right. Exactly. We needed to learn some things and gain experience before we did. But one of the things that we have in, in our quarterly and annually, annual WAP meetings that we have, we, we set out a 10 year, 10 year BHAG and then we break it down, reverse engineer it. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, are familiar with it, but some of the stuff we have on there 10 years from now is it, it doesn't exist currently. Right. It just doesn't exist. And so when, as a visionary, and I'm lucky because I have two, two partners, Josh and Dustin, who, who came into our business last year as their CEO, they, they, they also have a visionary aspect to them. Josh is, Josh is heavy on the integration side and he's analytical and, and numbers sure. guy, but he has a, a unique blend where he can also, also see the vision and, and he's not all like data driven. Right. That thing is a culture person and, and building stuff to have impact, right? Because impact for us is a huge important factor in, in making decisions as to why we're going to do something. Right. Does it positively impact people? Is it going to positively impact business? How, if it doesn't have a positive impact, then it's not, it's a no go for us. Right. The thing is, is that we're constantly looking into the future. We want to disrupt really like that yeah. to me. And we're kind of on the precipice right now with everything that's going on. Yep. And so for us, it's like, okay, like we're constantly looking at ways we can do things better and what we can improve, what's not out there in the market. And then, and then going for it, hence 7,200 square foot often. Yeah. This is the crazy thing. We, we have a whole floor of the ship floor and just across from us is another company and they have about the same size office and I'm already eyeing up that side. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. We haven't even filled this side up yet. And I'm already eyeing up that side and thinking, yep. okay, well, what can go over there? It is like a media yep. company. It is, you know, this, that, the other. Yep. So 
I think I think the principles that you're that you're communicating uh, the vision obviously it has to continue to grow. And for the listener who doesn't know, the BHAG, the the big hairy audacious goal is something like I, I love the fact that you said it doesn't even exist yet. I was talking to somebody just yesterday and it's just like, well, here here's the BHAG. Here's 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 what's re- reasonable for for t- terms of what's practical that we know about. Somewhere in between here is probably where we're going to land. So I love I love how you've set that up for you to continue to go after things like literally you just bought the building. You're not even full yet. You're thinking about the other side. I think that is something that comes alive in owners. The Like you said, the more that they press into it and also then the more that they have the ability or the freedom to. So you as the visionary have the ability to, to go to that space because of your teammates. And so w- would you say that that has accelerated that for you or has that been, or, or maybe let's g- give the listener. Cause again, they're, they're a six figure owner. They're thinking, I just, I'm just trying to build something that's repeatable. I'm trying to get out of my quote unquote job, right? They're trying to get out of their own seat. So to listen to somebody, you, who's, who's got the space or the headspace to be thinking about something that doesn't even exist yet, where's the gap in between? How do they start getting time like that to think about things that don't even exist yet as far as setting such a big target that they don't even believe it? Okay, wow. Okay, I could go a number of different directions with that. Somewhere in your history, there was a turning point, right? Of like, okay, now I'm practical, tactical. We're, we're doing the wholesale thing. We're growing the team. But then at some point, of course, it's not like a, just an immediate switch. You were thinking visionary before that, but there was maybe a moment in time or maybe when you got to a certain size or when you made an adjustment in your team that really allowed you to be full on, I'm thinking about big stuff. Well, so depending on, depending on the business, and there's times and seasons in a business where I, I'm going to step back into more of the day-to-day activity. Sure. Yeah. And, and like, this is the perfect time. Like right now I'm, I'm stepping into to certain things and looking at different processes and, and even Dustin, who's our CEO, he's on, he's on the phone making calls to sellers, right? I'm on the phone making calls to sellers because we're, we're focused on on growth and, and everything like that as well. But we, we also need to stay in touch with what's going on, what our people are hearing and, and seeing and feeling and, and what the, the temperature of the market is. Right. I don't know if that part ever necessarily goes away, at least not for us yet. I, I thought, I started really questioning what's real. Like what, what people like you want to, you want to talk about current situation. And if we look at maybe someone's in a situation and where they're, they're stuck, they're, they're stuck in the six figure land and they're trying to figure out how to get past that. And they're looking at, they're frustrated. I've been there frustrated, not sure why things aren't working out, doubting themselves yeah. in, in a state of fear. Well, if you're in, 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 if you're in any of those states, what you're doing is you're actually creating the, your current reality. Yeah. And so and true. So, for me, there was a point in time where I realized that everything that I'm, I have right now today is a result of everything that I thought and did yesterday. Everything that I want is on the other side of it, right? Yeah. So if I, if I focus my attention not on the tent problem, doesn't mean that I ignore it, solve it, or I figure out whatever's going on and then I'm past it. But if I'm focused on what I don't have today or the problems or the situations that are unfavorable or that I don't like, today, right. I'm going to continue to get more of those. So for me, like I, 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 I feel it's important to, to look at your day, 
tackle, tackle the challenges that you have in front of yourself now and then as quickly as you can move into, into the future, right? And it, you could be doing phone calls right now. As a six-figure person, you're doing your, your own phone calls. You're trying to figure out the prospect. And it, but you're, you're operating from a place of not like, I have to do this. I get to do this because I know what's coming, right? Uh, right. It's a different, different mindset and it does create a different reality for you. I've tried scaling a business too soon. Back when we were six figures or whatever, very early days, we tried scaling ourselves out of the business. We didn't know our numbers. Uh, we really had no grasp on, on what was going on in our business. So when right. it came to hiring people, we had no proven formula or method as far sure. as how, how many, how many leads do we need to get a call and call, how many calls do we need to make to get in contact with someone? How many right. contacts do we need? To get an opportunity and how many of those opportunities do we need to get a sale yep. and then from that like you work on the the disposition side well how many what's our closing percentages how many deals fall through what's the leakage all this stuff right yep. we had none of that and so as a result of that we scaled and we almost lost it all and yep. so i had to get back in the seat josh had to get back in the seat yep. we ended up letting everybody go and wasn't that big of a staff at the time but we let everybody go and we really just focused on on, on knowing our number Yep. And then once we understood those, then we started bringing people in. So yeah. experience and knowledge, you, you, you gain knowledge from experience in many ways. And you have to go through the, the time, the challenges or the failures to, to get the knowledge that's required to get beyond your current, your current situation. And once you realize that things that happen to you aren't the end, it's not like death, right? that you will survive it and you will get through yep. it. And in fact, like the stuff that I was worried about two years ago, I can't even remember. Right. You start looking so at things a little bit differently. Yeah. It's like, I just, I'm tracking with you the whole way. I want to pull out two things specifically that I heard for the listener. You said you, you got to live in the future and it doesn't mean that you live there all the time, but you have to be able to think ahead. Otherwise the, the counterpoint to that is that you're just reactionary. And that's probably a big reason why someone today, especially if they've been in the six-figure land for a while and are still frustrated, is that they are just reacting as opposed to planning or making it happen. And of course, that person might then say, well, you can plan all you want, but then this happens, that happens, the market changes, whatever. But just like we were having the conversation before the pod actually, we hit the record button. It's like, yeah, yeah, things are going to change. Presidents are going to change. Economics are going to change. The market's going to change. Investments are going to change. What doesn't change is me. And I'm going to bet on me the whole time. But I love the first point that I'm pulling out from you is you got to live in the future. You have to think about what's around the corner. And then that drives the action. I love also the second thing that you said, which again, for the listener, please take this down as a note, is that the, the, the certainty of knowing your number, which also extends to knowing the seat, knowing the job description of what this person is doing. The numbers gives you the expectation of how to hold this person accountable. So then you can scale because if you don't have the literal information to give them of how do you do your job and then the expectation of what does winning look like, then, then there is no, there's no unfortunately way to move forward in that. It's just a bunch of confusion, which then causes you as the owner, like Steve said, they had to get back into the seat. They got to learn the number. They had to kind of dial into what that seat really was so that then they could actually put somebody in it to be successful. You want to add anything to those two points, Steve? No, I mean, that's, that's a good summary. Um, and and you, you have to look at it from someone coming into the business, right? Like they, they need some structure. And if you can't tell them what 
it is that's going that they need to do in order to be successful because you don't have that information, then you're setting yourself up for failure every single time. So it goes both ways. And and the other thing I just, I thought of as, as we're talking right now is everybody's in such a hurry to to get to out of it feet or and I, right. I can tell you, at least in my experience, you climb one, you get to one peak and then there's the next peak and then the right. next peak. And right. I, I'm, I'm not sure, like there might be some people that are good with lifestyle business in terms of, Hey, I make my money and then uh, I go do this. I buy the Lamborghini or the Ferrari or whatever the case may be. But if, if you're like me, there's always that next peak. Like I'm yeah. not creating yeah. a company right now that's going to just survive 15 years. I'm, I'm creating a company that can either be bought. Right. Or it's something that goes on for a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. So the like, long game. Right. Yeah. So I'm so quick to want to get out of the seat and I, I don't know. I, I, I love what I do. I love my company. I'm I'll, I'll get into any seat. Yeah. Needed. yeah. I mean, uh, I think that the tactical piece there speaks to your profile a little bit, but to your point, where are you going? Like, where are you going? I mean, you can only go to so many beaches, right? You can only, you can only do so many things in a Lamborghini and let's just be honest. Most people aren't, aren't buying a Lamborghini. Most people aren't traveling every week of the year. And so what is the reality? The reality is, is that your business, whether, whether you want to make money and, and chill on the beach or you want to grind, it, like, it's an extension of whatever it is that you say that you want, which is that, that BHAG that, that Steve talked about. You got to figure out what it is that you want, and then you're building your business after that. And I just think, like you said, they're trying to move themselves out of the seat too fast, which AKA they're lazy. Or- they don't want to do the work or they get a little bit of success well, and I want to sit on the beach. Well, and I think that this is one of the, the major reasons why is because whether it's through social media or somewhere as entrepreneurs, we, we created this, this image in our head, right? Whether it's sitting on the beach or, or the, the fancy house or whatever, and we created this vision in our, and so it's great. Like those are goals, those are aspirations. Those are things that we're, we're looking to, to achieve. But then the, the thing that we've, we've miscalculated in this is the time. Yeah. The, so the, the time it's going to take from us. So we try, so we, we like as human beings, like we like certainty. We like things that are certain. We want to know what's around in the corner. We want to right. plan. And when things don't go according to our plan, we think something's wrong. And, that, right. and you know, you, that's where the fight, the fight and flight survival mechanism starts that's coming right. in. Right. Yep. So next thing it's like, okay, all these things are going, okay. I had this vision of a, the, the sitting on the beach and having a staff and, and I'm not, I'm still in the seat that I'm in and, and we've miscalculated time. Yeah. And I don't know when it's going to hit for you. I don't know when it's going to hit for you. There will be a tipping point somewhere. If you do this for long enough, there will be a tipping point and we don't know when that is. Yeah. But. Here's the thing is that you need to go through whatever it is that you need to go through in your life because it's your journey, your experience in order for you to learn the lessons necessary to get there. And for some people, it might happen quicker. For me, it's not. Like I'm, I'm a slow learner in a lot of ways. I've made a lot of bad mistakes and really bad decisions. But the comparison game and then the miscalculation of time and right. what we, we like to think in, in absolute, we like to think in, in, in instant gratification. That's right. And that's not, and that's where the biggest, I find like a lot of people that I work with and a lot of people I speak to, the discontentment comes from that because they, they have this expectation of where they should be and they're here right now. So they're here, 
they want to be here, but they've miscalculated this gap. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the word that you just described is poise. And when you understand both what you want and the timeline, and, and it doesn't have to be like you have it calculated perfectly, right? We're always going to want things maybe faster than they were going to happen. Or sometimes we think it's going to happen here and then a couple of right decisions and then boom, there it is. And so I think that they can go both ways, but the poise that, that a professional has, right? When you've really settled into, this is what I do, whether it's a business or whether it's building multiple businesses, whatever that identity is that you carry, it doesn't have to be just that the business is your identity. That's not what I mean. But when you settle into who you are, what you're really going after that bigger, bigger picture, that purpose, like you talked about at the beginning of the pod here, I think that uh, that gives you that poise where you can just step back, take a 30,000 foot view and go, okay, here's where I am. Here's a couple of the next steps I'm going to take and the poise to just methodically go about those things. So you mentioned a couple of bad decisions yeah, and probably a few more than maybe you'd be willing to admit because that's how we all are. Like you said, give us an example of something that just went way wrong and, and how it, it was terrible. So first of all, yeah, there's still several to draw from here. And so like, I'm not someone that's gotten to where we've not gotten to where we are today. Josh and I, especially in the early days, without getting scarred and, and getting punched down and knocked down and, and punched straight in the face. So yeah. if you're experiencing that, like that, that's just, that's part of it, right? That's just part of that experience, your journey. That's just how you, you acquire the knowledge and the wherewithal to go through those hard times. Because yeah. the big thing that you're in right now for, for six figure income hunters is yeah. you're, you're in what's like a stage, kind of maybe between a stage one and a stage two of a company, right? So you, you started your company and you're, you're now in stage one and you're like, okay, I'm it, I'm it, I'm it, I'm it. And what you want to do is you want to move stage two. Now stage two is where you start getting yourself out of some of the day-to-day activity and you you free up time and you're starting to hire and promote people in that. But what people don't realize is that from stage one, stage two, there is this valley that happens. And this isn't my thing, but it's, it's something that I learned in one of the masterminds is that's the valley of death. Okay. So everyone goes through the valley of death to get to that next plateau. Yeah. Right. You're, this means like you're going to, you're going to see an increase in your operating expenses, right? right. You're going to, yep. you're going to have to train and hire, make wrong, wrong decisions and, and fire people. And, and all this stuff happens in the, in the valley of death, which is super painful. And you don't want to be there. Like you, you, you're like, man, like I, this sucks. Like, I don't want to be in this, right? Everything yeah. feels like it's going wrong, but That's then right. you, you shoot up and then you're in stage two and it's just getting through that valley of death. So in that valley of death is where we've made a lot of mistakes because we've miscalculated things. I, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know the future. I try to learn from people like you and others and what they've done well. I've also, more importantly, I've tried to really focus on their mistakes because I I don't want to make the same mistake. And then at the end of the day, if I don't like their, their suggestions, or if I, I feel differently, I'll I'll still do the thing. And and ultimately it seems like I, I'd fall into that same thing that they said not to do. But early on, we tried scaling ourselves out of the business without knowing our numbers. That was a big thing. Our cost, our marketing cost, our cost per deal almost sunk up. The only way that we got through that period of time was that we had really built some strong relationships. And for whatever reason, people wanted to, to JV with us and we yeah. were disposing of their deal. So from a very early phase, like we were, we were having people in Austin, Texas, throughout Texas, 
come to us to sell their deals from North Vancouver. We we're signing deals from North Vancouver back into Austin. So wow. we had just had a solid buyer base. And that was yeah. the only reason why we got through. But early on, a mistake was just did not know our numbers. Right. And it, and it almost, and it, well, we're still here, so it didn't kill us. But it, it was <laughs> it was a hard period. Yeah. So not, you know, not just trying to get yourself out of the business too soon. More recently, we, we made some calculations. We, we built out some through a models and some forecasting and we got, we got it seriously wrong. We hired some wrong people, some top performers in our business stopped performing. Uh, unfortunately, they saw themselves out or we let these people go. Sure. And what that did for us is it completely changed the landscape of our company temporarily. So we, did we try to scale our business again too quickly? Possibly. And so the, the drive to, to go on this ambition that we have sometimes can, can cloud, can cloud be cloudy for us. It, it, sure. it, we think it's clear, but then perhaps we're too focused on it and we, we mess with on the periphery. Yeah. Things like market adjustments, changes, all of a sudden there's a gap between what buyers are willing to pay and what sellers want to sell for. They're still, yeah. they're still wanting to sell for more and buyers are, are, are wanting less. Down. Right. And so we really, just, now we've just leaned out. We're looking at how can we be more productive with fewer people to implement existing tools. But, you know, it's been like the first quarter for us was not a fun quarter. Talk about the valley of debt because beyond stage two is stage three. And stage and three another is valley of death. You're going through another valley of death and we are in that valley of death. Yeah. And, wow. and, and what I've learned from that now is that you lean into it. You learn to appreciate that because it's in those moments that will show you so much and you'll learn so much experience that if, if I were to lose everything today, it wouldn't matter. It seriously would not matter because I know how to do every, I, I know how to do everything better than I did before. Right. I know how to get to where I'm at today much quicker. Yeah. And so I, I'm not, I'm not worried about that because it's in those moments when you're in that valley where things really, it shows you stuff. It shows you what you're made out of. It shows you your, your weaknesses. It shows you where there's holes in your business, in your business so that you can get to that next stage. Yep. I love it. So, Such great perspective. And, and I appreciate you being vulnerable too, giving us a couple examples. I love, I love the perspective of the peaks. You said it earlier of just getting to a peak and then realizing that there's another one. I've used that analogy many times, not only for my own journey, but other entrepreneurs that I work with and, and, but the Valley of death in between, I I'm a big elk hunter. And so I think of like, every time we've been going up, you oh like, oh, there's the top. And so it's a false, it's a false top. It's a false peak. And you get there and you're like, yeah. And you, but you, but you take a second and you, you, you enjoy the view. You're thankful to be there but you realize you can't be done. And even though your pack is heavy, it's the heaviest it's ever, it's been all day, but you're tired because you've already come up so far. And that's the valley of death that I hear you talking about, which is like, we've got to go through these things. So that way, when you get to wherever it is that you're trying to get to, it not only it does it provide the experience, but then, then the, the, the thankfulness, because now you've gone through it and you're like, wow, okay, now I know. So just like even when we harvest an elk, it's like the, the, the fact that we've been hiking 10, 12 miles a day with a 40 pound pack for 11 days before this yeah, makes it all that much more worth it. And so an incredible insight. I want to, I want to make sure we have time for our speed round. So I want to, I want to transition here. Thank you for sharing the, the good and bad. You gave us so much there inside of the speed round here. I want to ask you the first question question, which is 
because you're clear, you're clearly a, a forecaster, like you said, and, and even though maybe you got a numbers guy on your team, you're, you're, you're always analyzing. And so what's the one metric that you would track if you had to boil it down to one in your business? Yeah, that's several. I love data. I love data because it, I mean, it doesn't lie. That's right. The one metric, we have a golden ratio and our golden ratio basically is, you know, it takes all the areas of our business and it feeds it into this one number. So operation, marketing, operational cost, marketing, acquisition, disposition, and it all comes down to this one number. And it needs to be at a minimum 3.5. At a minimum. And if it's yeah. at 3, 3.5 for too long, then, and I'm talking like they're at the end of a month. Right. That, that for me is like, I'm looking, okay, well. Another indicator. It's an indicator to where, so now I can go from that number and I can work my way backwards yep. and, and see where, is it a process related issue? Is it a marketing issue? Did something change? Providers, whatever. Is it acquisitions? Is it dispositions? Is it, is it the economy? Whatever it is. But I can go back and I can start, I can start tracing backwards and see where, where that number, like what is causing that number to be low, yeah. lower than what we need. For us, a healthy number is anything above four. Or we're, we're seeing 20, 25, 30, 30 profit, 30% profit. So, and obviously above. Yeah, so of was, above that is where we look to scale and grow and, and lessons learned for us. Like we tried scaling when we're, we're in that three, three and a half. Not gonna work. And, and it doesn't work, right? So we had to pull back and we had to kind of restart over again here. I mean, we yeah. still have a big, a fairly large team. <laughs> But we just, the growth, the expansion that we wanted, we've had to slow that down, but that, that would be the one number. Yeah. I love, I love the perspective there. It gives you access to the rest of it just by knowing that one, whether it's high, low, whatever that, that, that metric gives you everything. Okay. What book, Steve, would you recommend that a six figure business owner read? Oh, I love books. I love, I could go tactical with it. I'm not shoe dog. Ooh, great book. First yeah. one on the pod to suggest Shoe Dog. Okay, why do you yeah. suggest it? So Shoe Dog, for those that don't know, it's the story about Nike, the founder of Nike, Phil Knight. Yep. And that, so that book for us here, like that is every person gets a pair of Nike shoes when they start with us and, and that book. And that book, interesting. And the reason why there's just, every, I can almost guarantee whoever's listening to this, regardless of whatever day you're in and however you're feeling, you will be able to relate to the Nike story. You see Nike now, but do you really understand what it was like then? That's right. And things about him, like getting that million dollar line of credit and like scared shitless that yeah. he's going to be able to pay it off. Yeah. And, and doing all of the things that, I mean, things that we're talking about here, do, doing the day-to-day stuff and operating in a place in the future at the same time. Right. It's such a gift. And for me, like mindset's huge, but also seeing how Phil Knight did what he did with Nike to overcome Adidas and Reebok and all these other businesses yeah, to get it to where, where it was or is today. I mean, yeah. that, that to me is. Yeah, it's inspiring. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Great book. Okay. Do you network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? Yeah, I need people out there that have been where I want to go. People that I can be super vulnerable with. 
yeah. care. Like, look, I get scared. I'm a human being. Like, there's some things that frighten me someday. And, and That's right. my mind starts going. And I got to reach out to people and say, look, like, this is what I'm thinking. And like, there's, there's so much important information that you can get from masterminds and, and mentors and coaches. And if you, if you, if you don't, like you're, you're missing out big because that's the accelerant. That's, that's the insurance policy. That can make a really bad, I have really bad ideas sometimes. And, <laughs> and if I have no one to, to run them past, uh, it, it could, it could not go well. Yeah. The self filter isn't always is the best one sometimes, but not always. <laughs> well, it just depends on the situation. Sometimes things are going well. It's like the whole analogy, it's like you're, you can't see the forest through the trees. That's right. And sometimes I'll give you a quick example here in North Shore in time, but one person I have is not even in real estate. He's not even, he's a business owner, completely different industry. But the other day I was like, oh man, like all this stuff is going on in the market. And like, like I'm, I'm in fear right now. Like I'm, I'm in fear. I'm looking at different parts of the business. Like, right. And he's just like, whoa, Steve, are you okay right now? Are you provided for right now? It's Saturday afternoon. Like, are you okay? Like, is your life okay? Like, are you, do you have more in your bank account than you did 10 years ago? Like, right. So you actually put it in perspective and it's just like having some people like that, that you can be super vulnerable with yep. that know you is so important. And then from a mastermind side, like we just got back from Collective Genius in Florida, learning what's going on in the market, having people there that are above where you are and, and have been through different cycles in, in the market and things like that. Right. Super valuable. And you learn a lot. hundred percent. Okay. Last question. I'm going to surprise you on this one. Oh no. If you only had one hour each week to work on your business, okay. what would you do in that one hour to successfully run your business like you do now? Oh, wow. If I had one hour to successfully run my business, what would I do for that hour? You know what? It's actually a lot simpler than I thought. First, I'm going through, okay, there's marketing, there's acquisition, there's disposition. I, I would sit down with people that work here. I'd have real conversations with them, asking them how they're doing, what's going well, what's not. Making sure that, that they're living their best lives, regardless of financial or whatever else is going on in their life. Because at the end of the day, they, they, they matter. Like that's what matters. In, in my life, it's the people, right? Having an impact on the people that, that obviously are in my life, because I know if they, if they leave this job, at, when they leave to go home at night, they can have an impact on their family and their, their kids. And then that, that's just the ripple effect, right? That's right. And so that, that's what I would do. I would spend the time with the people here and just, just chat, to talk to them, see how they're doing, see how I can help out. Yep. I love it. Love the perspective. Steve, how can our listeners connect with you? Maybe they, they want to figure out how they can get connected to your business. They want to chat with you. They, they want to, maybe they want to come yeah. to Vancouver. How can they find yeah. you? Yeah. Well, we got, we got space for you. If you, if you want to work, if you want to work in our office, let me know. I'd be happy to have you. We've got full setup. I think we have 60 stations right now. There we go. We got some space. Yeah. So Instagram is officially just Steve, Facebook, Steven N, probably the best one I have. One that Steve N is a virtual expert, but I, I'm kind of just blowing everything with Steve N. So there you go. Just look for Steve N, North Vancouver. My email is steve at tallbridgerealestate.com. I'm sure you'll have that somewhere. Yep. And profile thing, thing, Steve N. Perfect. I haven't gotten into the TikTok yet. Faith, so I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that, those are the best ways. Have, 
yeah, if, if, if you have deals that you want to look at or questions about yeah. my positions or whatever, let me know and I'll, I'll, I'll either help you out or, or take you to the person that could in our company. That's, I love that perspective of, of serving and helping. We look forward to your TikTok channel. And, yeah. and, and, and of course, thank you for the value that you brought here today. Honestly, we, we got into some really, really thick stuff. And so I appreciate that. And, and just your, your background, your story, the ups and downs, the, the analogies that you gave. Man, the, I'm walking away a better entrepreneur today. So thank you from my perspective. Of course, thank you on behalf of the audience. But we wish you nothing but success, man. All the best. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for having me on here. And just one last thing is yeah. that no matter where you are today and no matter how bad things get, no one can ever take your ambition, your dreams, your vision from you. So hold on to that, cherish it, protect it. Focus on your mindset because the mindset and the mind and the thought that you're running every single day, that is going to determine your success. I love it. So, so hold that, right? Protect it. Remove anything on social media that does not serve the greater good and, and give you encouragement and motivation. Remove all that other stuff because that's just noise and it's going to only take you further down the wrong path. He waited to the end to give you the best, but man, you just walked out with a mic drop. Thank you, Steve. We yeah. appreciate you. All right. Pete. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1000 Kings specifically who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.